Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Mill fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tin fruit and veg. If you can help in any way, they are on Twitter at Lions Food Hub. DM them. You can DM me at Actong Millwall and I'll pass on any help and information that we can. Lions Food Hub at Lions Food Hub. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. You're listening to Actong Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Burnley. Set no Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a happy show. Real four, Bristol City one in the late language part of the season. Joining me to discuss what was a pretty good performance overall today is a welcome return for Charlie Mahoney. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Right, Nick. How are you? I'm feeling good, mate. That was that was an enjoyable game. It's not often we've been able to say that over the course of this season, is it, Charlie? I don't. I think it's quite a nice change to be on here and not have a completely lacklustre game to talk about. Because even when we've not lost, it's been pretty if I remember the last couple of appearances that made. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been consistently a, I mean, there are many reasons. Um, listeners will know the injury crisis and the, all, all, all that comes with that. Um, so it's been a fairly dreary season, in all honesty. No fans, um, injuries, blah, blah, blah. So it's quite nice to be able to talk um, in the aftermath of what was actually quite an attractive game. Um, it was a bit end of season, Charlie, wasn't it? Let's Let's get that out. Early on, it was it was um, you know both sides were on the, on, on a little bit on the beach in defence certainly. Definitely, I, I, it was very reminiscent of our last um, home game last season against Huddersfield. I thought, yeah. even in terms of the scoreline, um, I, I think what really defined the game without taking anything away from us was first and foremost how poor Bristol City were really. Oh, absolutely, and have been for a while in the league. I'm hoping to get a, 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 um, a recording later from a, a Bristol City podcast. So we'll see. I'm, I'm waiting on that, listener. So I don't know what he's going to say, but I'll stick that in at the end of the conversation between Charlie and myself. So we'll get their take on where they're at. I thought they were very poor. Um, 
I, I, you know, I, I go around in circles on this, Charlie, because I, I, I never know whether you should praise Mill for playing well or do you damn the opposition for being so poor. I think you can only beat who's in front of you, mate, can't you? Yeah, but how many times have we we seen occasions where uh, the team has been taken, uh, has been there for the taking, Marble, and, and we just haven't, we haven't done that. So yeah. I think it's important to kind of acknowledge when we have done our job on a day like this because it doesn't happen very often. And yeah, you can you can look at the uh, the opposition and, and sort of like go into the technicalities of what they did. But yeah, I think it's fair to praise us. As well, well. Going, going forwards for a change, and it's really nice to be able to say this, listeners. I thought we looked pretty sharp. We broke well. I mean, the opening goal was a really nice finish by by Jed Wallace, and I'm just uh, that, that actually came from a corner. I think at the, uh, the Bristol had a corner at the Mill. It was a free kick outside the area. Yeah, I think right. we landed a free kick, and we just sort of hit him on the break, didn't we? Really nice finish from from Jed, and it was a great pass from Malone to Jed to find him on the on the right side. Of, uh, you know, <laughs> you got you, those have got to be put in the net. It's it's one of those chances, Charlie, where you you think well. You know, you see him get missed, don't you? But he really slammed that in today. Good start. I was uh, a little bit concerned with it in the sense, though, that um, if he just squares the ball to Bradshaw, he's, he's got a simple tap in. And it made me worry that, as Wallace even got a sort of lack of faith in Bradshaw at the moment, for <laughs> taking that chance on. But like you say, like not a particularly easy angle, um, but also one that a confident player is probably going to put away quite nicely. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I mean, I thought Bradshaw actually played well today, and yeah. um, you know, I I, I didn't mentioned in dispatches rather than man of the match today, but I thought he did really well. Um, I, I like his. I tell you what, I like with with Tom Bradshaw, Charlie. He's, he's industrious and he don't stop trying. And I think at the at Millwall, we love a player that doesn't give it up. He, he's not the best finisher in the division, but you know, he he will keep running and running and running. And there's something to be said for that in a team like ours. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's entirely without any sort of technical ability. I think it's it's important to remember that actually, ironically, probably his best form in a Mirror shirt was those three games just before Rowett took over and uh, Adam Barrett was caretaker manager. And he never seems to have quite replicated that. No. What, no. It, what it has shown me is that there is a striker there somewhere, and it's just a matter of him uh, regaining some form of confidence. I, I just wish that. This goal that he, that he did get, that we'll probably go on to later, yeah. had come a few weeks ago with, with a bit more football to play this season. Well, it's nice to see him getting a run off on. We, we've lacked a decent striker all season. Um, I, I, I make you right, actually, and I'd be interested to know what the listeners think about Tom Bradshaw, because I think there is there, there is a striker. There's certainly a willingness to, to put the effort in, which is always going to go a long way at, at the den. Um, and I think that give him a run of, of starts, which he's not really had... In, in truth, since he's joined the club, Charlie, really. I mean, he's never really had any great length of, um, you know, he's never been a first-choice starter. So, you know, it's just interesting. I mean, I can certainly see him featuring next season. Um, it's going to be, a, obviously, going to be a conversation for later in the show as to who, who stays and who goes. But um, I wouldn't be unhappy to see Tom Bradshaw still in the mix next season. I think he, he showed enough today for me. It was, it was good to see. There were stages in the game as well where I'm watching it and seeing how sort of poorly Bristol City were playing, just thinking this is all very well, we're winning the game. But if we just had that focal point up front, we'd absolutely demolish these. And I think Kim getting into the game more kind of demonstrated that, really. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, that's not to argue what I just said. Any 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 doubters out there, I don't think we need to up our game on the striking front. We do need a striker um, and you know but it's nice to have Tom Bradshaw as an option that's uh, yeah. and, 
it showed enough for me today. The the equaliser really frustrated me, Charlie, um, because I thought, here we go. We, we've gone one nil up. We had a good chance. I think Danny Mack shot across goal um, just a few moments after the the uh, the opener. And then we go and um, pretty sloppy defending in truth. I thought, I mean, it was a decent ball to carve us apart as they put it on the TV, but I thought it was actually sloppy defending. George Evans seemed to go to sleep for that for that move for, for the equaliser. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've got to say that Lansbury's pass was a was a sharp one, but yeah, if it wasn't for Evans being out of position and the, the sort of defensive shape just being all over the place, that that goal doesn't get conceded really. And I, I was really disappointed with it as well because I've, I've said it on here before. I think defensive solidity has to be, you know, the paragon sort of of our game. If you know what yeah, I mean, it's a starting point, isn't it? Yeah. I, I got a message from Doug in Sweden. Shout out to Doug um, when when that goal went in. Um, and it was worse to the effect of you can see why Rowett rates Evans as a midfielder rather than a defender. And I, you know, I, it seems a bit churlish to um, to complain when you just beat a team four one. But I thought there was a few moments through the game where we looked a little bit um, switched off in defence. And I know that was a makeshift back line. I mean, even Romeo uh, playing as a centre is, um, you know, it's not where his, his normal position would be. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be nice to see our full strength defensive back line back. Uh, possibly strengthened. I was surprised not to see Hayden starting, Hayden Muller starting today, Charlie. I thought this might be an ideal chance for him to get some that game did, time. That definitely disappointed me, especially, as you say, with a with a player out of position in the centre-half. Well, um, it, it, again, it again raises that question for me, is, you know, how good are these kids if they're not, they're not getting into the team, particularly at this stage of the season? Makes you wonder. I mean, when when he did feature, we'd leaping about the game a little bit. But when he did feature, and also I thought um, the previous game, when when Hayden did come into the game, he's only had late spurts in both games. I thought he looked quite at home in in a championship backline defence against championship players. So um, I, I I don't know. I don't know why he wouldn't have started. I would have thought this would have been the ideal chance. The result was, you know. Um, Immaterial one way or the other. Nice to win it. Nice to win it four one, of course. But I would have thought that would have been a great chance to get some um, get some minutes out there for, for Hayden Muller. Um, I mean, obviously it was great to get in front, and that was another nice finish by Scott Malone on thirty minutes. Nice kind of well drilled shot from the um, from the left side back across the, the going off the post. I really like Scott Malone. Um, I'm really hoping that all these stories we see in the mill websites and on the news sites charlie are true that he's that we're in for him and that we're going to get him because i think he's been a real real bonus for the season he's been absolutely superb this season he scored some quality goals and i was fairly pleased with his return in a way but um yeah he's delivered on that promise as well because obviously we was a we were aware of him in the first place from his first stint at the club and he seems to have just really matured into this attacking force since that that time He's intelligent and I really like an intelligent player that's got pace and he moves, you know, he's everything you want to see coming on along that left side. And um, no, that was a really nicely taken goal. Um, 2-1 at half time. And, you know, as I've noted to myself, end of season vibe, and it was a little bit. But, you know, these these we've still got to go ahead and actually take the points. And it was wonderful, wonderful for me to see Billy Mitchell get, get his opening goal. And what a celebration, those press-ups. I don't know what that was all about, but wonderful to see it nevertheless, Charlie. He's, he's really growing on me, Billy Mitchell. I mean, yeah. when he first came in, I thought he'd, he'd done pretty well, but he just seemed to 
see something more mature emerging in this game now because a lot of centre midfielders when they come through at the age of sort of 17, 18, there's a bit of a sense that they're kind of like an headless chicken and they want to do everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I still feel Thompson's a bit like that now, even though I do rate him at times. And it's just, it's good to see him learning as he, as he's playing and sort of listening to what Rowett's asking him to do because I think Rowett's a very particular manager about what he wants his midfielders to do in games and uh, the more kind of um, obedient, shall I say, that these young players come to his philosophy, the more they're going to feature and develop, aren't they? It's, I mean, the, the comparison with Ben Thompson, who actually came into the game off the bench late today, um, is a good one, Charlie, because both Billy and Ben... And in the past, likes of John Marquis have all carried this burden of being a Millwall fan and playing for the Lions, and it's a it, it, it's a kind of a double um, a doubly heavily heavy load, I think, because you know someone like Ryan Woods can be Ryan Woods and he'll get whatever he gets in terms of comment or not. But when you're a Millwall fan, suddenly you're you're expected to shed that extra pint of blood whereas another player would get away with less you know it's it, it can't be easy and I thought you know it's what I was so pleased to see Billy get that goal because it's not an easy gig being a Millwall fan on the Millwall side it, it's not not an easy gig at all and, and it, as you say it, it does work against a player but it, it can also it can also sort of delude some fans in into how good they actually are at times so I'm always pleased when they kind of live up to some of the acclaim and yeah. make it justified well, it's going to be interesting to see what becomes of Ben over the summertime. Um, 4-1 on 57 minutes. It was great to see Tom Bradshaw get that piano off his back, finally, yeah. and get a goal, Charlie. Nicely taken as well. It was nicely taken. I mean, I think um, he's still got a bit of work to do in terms of like consistently playing well and scoring. And yeah. I would also say he's not going to get many gifts like Oh, that was sloppy defence. I mean, <laughs> he still had to put the chance away, and, and he did. actually sometimes those are the chances that strike is on a bit of a barren run, you know, make an appalling miss in as well. So you've got to give him full credit for actually taking it well. What I really liked about today as well, Charlie. I mean, I just noted just after the goal, there was a really nice move. Um, Mason Bennett feeding Wallace and then um, Malone scooped it over the bar. But there was a number of good moves. I'm thinking of Danny Mack a few times. Some really nice passing from midfield um, and, and then crossfield balls finding players in space that as you rightly say that on another day you wouldn't get against the better quality side you wouldn't get but there we are we keep saying it. you can only beat who's, who's come out in front of you there's some really nice moves at times so the 4-1 is reflective of the game but I thought we actually could have got more out of, the, out of, the, out of today yeah I mean there was a considerable amount of time left after the fourth goal wasn't there but I just think uh, maybe in a game with a little bit more at stake earlier in the season it, we might have kind of kept that intensity up but as you say there was a bit of a end of season feel about the proceedings yeah the substitutions are always a bit like um, um it's, a, it's a bit like having your holics before you go to bed and yeah. as soon as you have that you, you're 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 off the rock and roll ride and on to um you know getting getting your head down go to sleep and you know the introduction of sean williams i, I, I like sean williams but it's it just takes some of the energy out of the game and there's a kind of a settling for for what we had there's still one or two chances a couple of late chances for Marlon and Mason in, in, the, in the last few seconds of the game um, and the introduction of John Daddy which um, you know is always a moment in every game where you know it yeah but, but that's good <laughs> the goal scoring's over yeah. isn't it you know <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 who would you take as your man of the match today, Charlie? I'm interested. I, I know who I, who I backed. Um, 
I'm always keen to sort of say Wallace in these kind of games because I think he is the uh, yeah he's the catalyst, isn't he? I think for almost everything. But then I wouldn't kind of uh, I wouldn't begrudge people choosing maybe Mitchell or McNamara either. Um, but I thought there was a number of good performances, and as an attacking unit, we looked strong. But yeah, I'm going to go with Wallace myself. That's a good call. I mean, and I make you right, Jed Wallace is that next level. We don't have many players. I mean, Scott Malone is at that next level. Um, but, you know, we, we have a very good workman-like side lacking touches of class. And that's what Jed Wallace brings into the, into the team. Um, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that choice. I mean, I, I went for Danny Mack just purely on a sentimental, um, you know, uh, thing of um, wanting to see a young player do well because I thought he, he actually looked really um, attack minded today and that was an interesting great. he was like watching Cafu at times I thought <laughs> great that's, that's the kind of hyperbole we get on this show I like that Catford, the Catford Cafu we could play <laughs> the Catford Cafu I like that one um, I, I want to mention Tom Bradshaw and, and and Scott Malone I mean you could you could pick out a few in all honesty um, um, but no I, I think Jed's a good call Danny Mac for me but um, overall, four-one win. I mean, that that leaves it leaves us with an assured top half of the table finish, which is not one of these things, Charlie, that ever really moves a, a fan particularly. I mean, whether you finish in the top twelve or the bottom twelve is, you know, a passing interest. But it's still a pretty good performance for a team of our standing and, and resources, and with some of the problems that we've we've got through this season, injury-wise. Yeah, I mean, the injuries have definitely been a factor. Um, the Obviously, the absence of a crowd, which is unequivocally an advantage for us, yeah. has played a part. Um, and as you say, like our resources and our budget do have to be taken into account as well. Um, but what I like most about finishing the top half is that it's just a really good indication that we are more than cut out for this level of football. You know, we, we're not fools. We're not. We're not looking over our shoulders. And it's nice to be able to look in terms of our progress rather than worrying about next year as such. Absolutely. Big summertime ahead, obviously. We wait to see with anticipation what change is going to come. We've got a couple of comments from the internet. wasn't um, very many to pick from, listeners. I think it is the end of the season now. I think people are mentally switching off to it. But I've got one here from um, Alex Lee. Mentioned how we have a flexible squad. Um, Danny Mack having a great game. Mill are progressing, he says, and building a forward line or with forward changes could turn us into a top side. I think the, the, the thrust of that being just a few changes will um, put us up there. And then one from J- JP here, Charlie, guaranteed top half finish. No fans describing the season. We've been plagued by injuries. Gary Rowe is a serious manager. A few big additions and next year we'll go close. Um, I mean, you do get a sense that we the goal scoring has been the thing. I mean, the, the actual fundamentals of the side is, is, is a very um, solid you know, mid-table side with the, now with the ability, hopefully, the right ingredients to to press onwards and upwards. And I think that's the same point you've just been making there, Charlie. It's, I mean, I really do think the goal scoring is the issue. I, I, I might have got this stack completely wrong, but I think someone mentioned the other day on Twitter that uh, like 110 collective or 130 collective appearances between the strikers, there's been like 10 goals scored. Yeah. And I know it's not just purely the strikers responsibility but that has got to improve if we're going to do anything meaningful really um the uh, the flip side of that i'm sure that that stat can't be correct but it's something quite alarming it sounds it sounds correct even if it's not correct it it feels correct and that 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 tells a story doesn't it but yeah i think it's 
it is kind of crucial that we get that striker in. But then that is that is what everyone wants to do. There's probably not many teams in the country at any level who don't feel that just with that regular goal scoring striker they wouldn't be massively improved. No, I agree. It's going to be an interesting um, few months ahead. Keeping um, Wallace, Wallace long term is probably the priority as well. Well, this is it. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm very much back of an envelope here. I've, I've, I've described today as almost like a trials match in some ways for players that we want to keep and, when, and players that we want to. I mean, obviously, we'd want to keep Jed Wallace if uh, at all, all costs, pretty much in Millwall terms, anyway. I mean, players to go. I mean, I'm thinking that Alex Pearson and Sean Williams must be at the end of the, uh, you know, the, the, the end of the bus line now. The terminus is here. Um, He's got a bus pass now, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm thinking both of those two will be off the playing wage bill come um, whenever the contract's finished. I think it's June the 30th. Um, John Daddy, I mean, uh, oh. at some point, at some point, um, we're going to have to come to a decision with him because I think he's got another year of contract on his on his books, Charlie. And but I just don't see him contrasting with, with Bradshaw and his industry and you know, he's not getting the goals. We will we'll take that, but he brings other things, the, the assisting of, of other players. But I don't really see much with John Daddy. I don't know what's, what to make of him in many ways. Icelandic international. And yeah, I, you just don't see it, do you, with him? I, I, he's one uh, for the, he's one for the exit for me. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been quite lenient with him and I've been patient and uh, that patience hasn't really been rewarded. Um, might have mentioned it on a previous appearance, but I was looking at his stats and I don't think he's ever scored more than seven goals in a season. No, it's, it's quite shocking. Oh, it, yeah. makes you, it makes you wonder where he even left Iceland with that return of goals, really, in a, I, in a country with a very small population. I don't know. I mean, I suppose people fall in love with the, the romantic Iceland team that went to uh, they beat England, didn't they, in the quarterfinals of yeah. uh, the World Cup or the European Championship? I can't remember Euros, which. Euros, yeah. Euros. Euros. I think people think if he's been part of that, he must be good. But blimey, it's um, you know it, it's painful. Um, Ryan Woods is on loan to us. He started today. Um, I I was watching him today, Charlie, and he don't win much ball in the midfield. He don't. He's beaten to a couple of headers. He don't win many tackles, and I didn't really see much in terms of his passing ability today. I think you know others have mentioned he doesn't look good in a two in midfield. Um, but I don't think he's much use to us if he don't look very good in the two because we want players that do look good in that kind of um, setup. So we're probably going to be playing it if we want to score goals next season. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, I think it's time to out Ryan Woods. What do you, what do you say? I, I agree because I think you know it's fundamental that, that we build our approach around what what we want to do, not around individual players. Really, yeah. I mean I know that that sometimes you do have to do that with your Wallaces, etc. But I really don't like the way that we seem to sort of build the midfield around Woods without ever actually performing that fantastically well. Um, there were there were glimpses of quality, especially last season, but um, what's become evident to me is that I think it's the absence of Malumbi that has kind of shown him up a bit. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's... Um, it's it, I mean, we haven't seen enough from him this season, in my opinion, and I, I obviously don't know the mind of Gary Rowett, but... Um, no, it was just today I was, I was looking at... I mean, it's given that it was an easy-going game, Charlie. I mean, this wasn't um, full throttle today by by any means, or by either team. And he, he 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 lost a couple of headers. He didn't win a tackle or two in midfield, gave the ball away. 
and not enough, not enough for me. I, I, I would prefer to see a, a less talented, but more industrious, more, I prefer to see a Ben Thompson than, than Ryan Woods any day of the week for that reason, because at least he'll give you a minimal effort. And, um, you know, the, the, the good side of Ryan Woods doesn't appear often enough, in my opinion. So I think he's one for the, one for the, uh, the, the, the I nearly said the Uber taxi, but that's probably going to antagonise all our black cab listeners. So <laughs> better get him a black cab um, yeah. running back to Houston. You might, you might want to edit that out. If <laughs> <laughs> um, one other player I just wanted to, I mean, we've, we've mentioned Matt Smith many, many times, and we'll see what Matt becomes a Matt Smith. I, I like him, but we'll see. We don't, he probably doesn't fit in with the, um, the pattern. But one other player I wanted to run past you, because I... I don't know. I want to like him. I want to love Cotter Mahoney. And yet somehow he never produces much um, to justify. I feel like I'm in a relationship with someone who, you know, where you're kind of constantly chasing them and you don't get much back with from them. And Connor, I think, is one of those, um, you know, one of those people in, in this life. Would you, you know, I, th- I don't know what his contractual situation is, dear listeners, so I don't take this show as any kind of accurate measure of the memorial um, contract situation. But, um I don't know about Conor Mahoney. What do you take of him, make of him, Charlie? I was pleased when we signed him because of what he'd done at Birmingham and, and there was a bit of promise surrounding him when he was at clubs like um, Blackburn, I think. And, mm. and we've, again, a player we've seen glimpses of quality from, uh, especially when we tend to play Luton at home. There's a guaranteed performance each season. <laughs> Yeah, which is something of a luxury, I feel, for a player's like, uh, status in a squad. But, um, yeah, there's definitely kind of a bit of ability there, but it's just about harnessing it and getting it out on a regular basis. Um, but the longer the longer he's at the club, the less I kind of feel confident about him fulfilling that kind of potential that he's got. So it's difficult, isn't it, really? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got another year left. So oh, he probably has. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he came in today for Jed late in the game when Jed had uh, you know, run out of petrol, basically. Um, but there's no replacement. I mean, he, you know, he's got the talent. This is what frustrates me with, with Conor Mahoney. He's got the talent. He just doesn't have the um, uh, the, the the kind of the, he doesn't have the drive in the in 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 the engine there. And I I, I don't know what to make him. I, I really want him to do well, and I'd love him to come good next season. And then you know we'll all be laughing about the fact we had these conversations at some point, but. At the moment, it's hard to see it. So I mean, that, that's my little back of an envelope list of possible spaces on the payroll, and then we'll see what um, Mahoney's probably going to be with us. But um, it, we're going to be interesting to see who we sign over the over the summertime, Charlie. Um, yeah, it is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. I think Warwick came out yesterday and said them they are definitely looking at getting a striker in on a permanent basis. But I think obviously more than any other position on the pitch, what dictates the quality of that is the, the amount we're going to spend. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't, 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 listeners, don't get me wrong. And I, I don't know how you feel, Charlie, but I mean, the, the fact that the club has rolled over the season tickets, which is a magnificent gesture, I think is, you know, yeah. you can't mention this enough. Um, I was actually taken aback when I renewed my season ticket. I thought that it was just pay for it like, like you do normally, you know. And the fact that last season's credit was rolled forwards took my breath away. Um, we, we're not rolling around in cash, Charlie. I mean, you have to, you have, to have some perspective in these in these things. Um, you know, we, we'll see what we get. Um, I also think some people have got to realise that 
even the fee or an individual fee of about three or four million pounds for a striker now really doesn't get you very much no it doesn't no. if it does you've had a bit of a, a result yeah this is this is football um obviously we've just come through the recent um you know tumult in in, in the game generally talking about money and, and lack of and but that's that's just the way it is. We're not going to change that. Um, I, I think it's a season that is closing with a lot to be pleased with and a lot to be thankful for. And yes, there's an area of improvement that could be um, could be looked at. But any Millwall fan of any of any length of time will always know that's just the way it is. There's always show me a Millwall team that could never be improved, and um, you know exactly. And I don't think it's unfair to say that there's room for improvement because I. I I get the sense that Rowan will feel that he has unfinished business as well. I think so. And I think I think if he's honest with himself, Gary Rowett will know there's areas of improvement in terms of his decisions, the substitutions at times he's made. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, how much of a self-reflective person he is, but, you know, everyone can always do better in this world. And I think that includes the manager and, and the assistant manager as well. So let's wait and see. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, strange um, thing today, Charles. I just wanted to touch on this. And um, this is this social media blackout that, um, you know, the, the sports... Um, BBC, I think, is engaged in it, the, the, the um, Premier League and the EFL, in the face of um, racism and and homophobia and, and online kind of abuse and, and, and all the rest of it. And there's been a, a social media blackout over the weekend. And, and we were talking off air just before we started recording this, as Charlie and I, and I go around in circles on this, this um, initiative, Charlie, because I, I'm sympathetic to its aims. I mean, I, you know, Anyone that looks on social media sees what you see on there and you don't have to go far to find it, mate, do you? And I'm sympathetic to anyone that suffers, you know, racist or, or, or sexist or whatever you, whatever you like, whether you, any kind of abuse of that kind. Um, I'm also pretty sceptical of these um, grand gestures by some pretty wealthy corporations that actually um, thrive on the, um, the buzz of, of, of social media and, and Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of them global international not quite beyond the law but as, as close as you're going to get in the modern world to being beyond the law because they're, they're internationally based organizations that's where the solution lies to 
some of these issues. I mean, how, how did you see this this blackout today? Um, did you did you support it? Did you did you uh, how did you feel about it, Charlie? Um, I, I would never criticise any initiative that intends to challenge racial abuse. I think the problem for me, as you've sort of alluded to, is the efficacy of, of what they're doing. It's, mm. you know, is, is, like you say, is it actually going to make a difference? Uh, and, and then you get this sense that, you know, corporations like Twitter can then pat themselves in the back and say, we did all we could, when actually, I've got no doubt that there are people sending vile things to each other on there right at this point in time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's an, it can be an eye-opener, I think. Um, I think many, many people, and I don't include myself in a way, I mean, you, you see what you might call in the loosest sense of the word banter, and that's a, that's a very loose word that stretches a very, very long way and can cross any number of lines at times. But there's, there's banter, for want of a better way to put it. And then there's some really threatening, vile, um, you know, lit, quite literally criminal threats. I, my view, and I'm interested to know what you think, is that the essence of... The problem of, of, of social media is that it's anonymous. It allows anonymity. You can go on there as anything you like, pretty much. You're just an email address and a, a name, sometimes just a, a computer-generated name and number on there. And you're therefore beyond the, the reach of the law because there are laws that, you know, that there's no such thing as free speech. People bang on about free speech all the time. There's always been restrictions on it in, in, in English law. Free, free speech has never meant that there aren't ramifications for what you say. Precisely. And that's the, that's the thing. It's the lack of, uh, lack of consequence, Charlie. Um, you know, if you and me decided to publish a book which um, was, was libelous, then you'd, you'd pay a price for that because yeah. that's, it's, there it is. It's in black and white. But somehow the, uh, the, the speed of the internet has overtaken the law, isn't it, in that way? And Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're onto something as well when you sort of suggest that these, these websites and these platforms, they almost thrive on the toxicity. I, I don't buy that they're, they're as get against it as they say themselves. I mean, I'm sure they don't advocate like, racial abuse or misogyny or sexism, but I think They've, they've been complicit in a way as well. Well, they allow it to happen. and There must be easy ways to control it. I mean, you can, uh, keywords, and I mean, a million and one ways to avoid using certain words, code words, and all that kind of thing. Um, but the fact, it's never ceased to amaze me, and I, I'd, I'd be interested to know what listeners think. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of, um, you know, I'm against free speech, far from it. But there's there's posing an alternative political view to the one that you might uh, put forward, Charlie. And then there's actually sending threatening messages and insulting images and, and all sorts of stuff that you would turn your head, make, make your hair cool. That's a different thing. That's one is free speech. One is putting forward a, a, a viewpoint. The other isn't. And that's, that's what, what, that's where the anonymity argument on free speech falls apart for me. But, it's, um, it's just such, such a more fundamental issue than purely social media as well i mean you've got to get to the root of these problems and address the ignorance at the heart of it rather than just look at what is the what is the medium in which it's being put across on very yeah well put we've we strayed far from the path of Millwall football club today but um it was just an interesting event today and I, I you know i i, I wonder what um, impact it will have. in the end in the end government and international governments will be the answer to this because they control, they control the law and ultimately that means they control the money that goes to the company. So we shall see. 
Um, big thank you to Charlie. It's been an enjoyable show to do, mate. For a nice, makes a nice change, doesn't it? A nice change to have a happy, happy show. Always happy to be on here, but it's always a lot nicer when you, you're talking. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Have a good summertime, Charlie. I'm looking forward to speaking to you next season. Hopefully, with a goal scorer, we get a few few wins under our belt early early doors in August. Till then, big thank you to Charlie for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. Cheers, mate. And we're going to close out now with a couple of messages from Michael and I'm hoping from uh, a Bristol podcaster, one stream in Bristol, Stanley, to give us his take on today's proceedings. Until next week for the last show of the season, dear listeners, it's Arriva Dirty Millwall. Thank you for listening. Hello. Full time, dear listeners. And to coincide with the return of Alan Partridge on a Friday night, all you can say is Jurassic Park. Back of the net. That was absolutely great, wasn't it, really? 4-1. Good stats when it comes to attacking as well. I think I saw at one point it was like we had 17 shots and they had two. Um, and it was just a really, you know, we, we played really well, I thought. It, was, uh, it wasn't like that. I think it was the Huddersfield game last year that they referred to where we won 4-1. Um, and Huddersfield were, were tripe. I mean, Bristol City weren't great, but we were actually very good. I thought we played some nice passages of play, some nice one-touch football. And they were good goals as well. I mean, Jed Wallace, he's struck that superbly for the first. Great, great goal. Then you've got, you know, a wonderful, wonderful finish by Scott Malone um, off the post. And then Billy Mitchells. Wow. Well done, Bill. Congratulations. Um, I know your your dad sometimes contributes to this show, so I, I know you are a listener. Um, note he may not be. But no, good finish by Billy Mitchell. And uh, again, Bradshaw with a really cool finish considering... You know, the sort of pressure he's been under on social media and probably from, from Gary Rowe this season. Another good finish. But it's, uh, yeah, it was well done. A, a bit of a calamitous error for, for the goal we conceded. But again, if you think about it, it shows character to concede a goal like that um, and then come back and put on such a sort of dogged, determined uh, performance for the rest of the game. Uh, for everyone had a good game. Can't really think of anyone who necessarily had a stinker or, or deserves to be pulled off. McNamara had a great game. Uh, Bradshaw looked quite lively. And Cooper, good with the armband. Marlon Romeo again. Uh, Scott Malone. Now, that's a question, Mark. Scott Malone, I know that it seems in some newspapers that uh, talks are ongoing about signing him permanently. But, wow, we, I think he's had a fantastic season for Millwall. Um, certainly better than all the ones that he had um, prior to him leaving a few years back. And, again, if we can keep this little nucleus together... Put in one or two additions, get rid of some players who may not fit the system. Who knows where the future lies? But it's a good way to finish um, our home campaign. One more game to go. And yeah, come on your lines until next season. Smell my trees, as Partridge would say. Hello. Hey, everyone. Stanley here from One Stream in Bristol. Bristol City, sorry, Bristol City's uh, number one fan produced podcast, uh, the original and most shite. Nick has very kindly asked me to come on, um, presumably so you can all laugh at me, because uh, let's be honest, that was a load of rubbish, today's game. Um, first of all, on Millwall, i got to say I was quite surprised. Uh, in the FA Cup game, you guys were atrocious. But today, you played some really good football, I thought. You played it forward quick. First pass was always forward, eyes at the pitch. You were attacking with, with pace. You were counter-attacking us. I know, you know we did defend abjectly, pretty woefully, and gave you a couple of goals that, let's be honest, shouldn't have been scored or shouldn't have been allowed to have been scored, rather. Uh, but yeah, you guys actually played quite good football. Um, and, you know, it made me re- reassess my mental picture of what a Millwall team 
was. I, I was sort of, you know, thought you were a, a team of the sort of Tony Pulis, Neil Warnock ilk, you know, ignore the midfield and bypass it. But actually, your two midfielders were pretty good. Your right back is decent, mind. I mean, we've got two right backs and they're both absolute shite. I'd be looking at your right back, to be honest, with the way he played. I don't know how long you've had him. I would barely even know his surname, to be honest, but I thought he was excellent. Um, in regards to Bristol City, we are crap. Again, I'm going to use that word. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, but if not, uh, crap. Um, just hit control A on almost all, on all our players, really, and hit delete, because I don't know one, really, apart from the goalkeeper, who didn't even play today, mind you, uh, that would come out this season with any credit. Nigel Pearson has got a hell of a job to do over the summer to be honest and he hasn't got a CEO to help him because he's just fucked off to Ipswich who in League One which goes to show how tits up the club is at the moment anyway I've probably rambled on far too much I hope I'm allowed to swear because if I'm not uh, you're going to have to get the bleep machine out but thank you for having me on Nick hopefully we can have like a tussle and a fight and you can gloat in person uh, when the stadium's reopen thank you for listening to Aston Moore if you enjoyed the show please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review over to next time. Who do you want to watch? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.